안녕하세요, 여러분. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm here today with Jeremy from the Motivate Korean YouTube channel, the Motivate Korean Studybang on Facebook, and the blog over at motivatekorean.com. In this episode, we're going to have a discussion about culture and language. Do you need one to understand the other? We're going to unpack that and work through it a little bit. All right, let's get started. Hey, Jeremy. Hello there. How's it going? Good, good, good. Good stuff. So today, what uh, we came together to talk about was a question that I heard recently from some uh, a friend of mine that is studying Korean. He's just getting started. Mm, okay. And uh, he asked me a kind of a profound question. Well, the profundity maybe is debatable, but it was a good question. It made me think. We shall debate it. <laughs> <laughs> so what he asked me was, do I need to understand Korean culture in order to learn the language. In order to learn the language, she said? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Or maybe to use it. So that, that, that would be the line to me in, in yeah. my understanding because to use it, yeah, I mean, you can learn to say what you think is important. You can run around and speak Panmar to everyone because English is kind of like Panmar and, you know, which is half speech, the shortened form of Korean. But you'll be offending everyone you talk to without knowing it. But you'll get your message across. You'll just kind of sound like a child who doesn't know how to use the language properly yet. Because that's what children do. So let's, let's just get your, your vote here before, we, before we, we unpack this whole thing. <laughs> do we need to understand the culture or do we need to learn the culture in order to learn the language? Yes, definitely. With emphasis. Okay. Well, then we don't have a debate today because I agree with you there. <laughs> Now, before we, you know, I back up my claim and you back mm. up your claim here. Okay. Let's, since we both speak other languages mm -hmm. and we've studied other languages to a high level, I wouldn't say that this is applicable to every language. So I studied French for a very long time. Mm. I don't think that you need to understand the deep history of the French people and how they use the French language in order to go out and start ordering food, making friends, having basic conversations. I don't think that that's necessary. While you'll definitely need to learn the culture to have high-level conversations, read books, really have deep conversations with people and have, you know, like an effect on other people. A meaningful interaction, yeah. Yeah, you need to understand the culture. But in order to use the language on a basic level, you can kind of just learn it out of a book and use it. Mm -hmm. Okay. In my opinion. Would, do you feel that way about Spanish? Yeah, I kind of, I, I agree. The, I'm at that point with Spanish now where I can do all the basic things, but I tend to translate directly from English or Korean sometimes, actually. So my other languages that are more dominant in my brain affect my Spanish in that regard. But you can, uh, you can just kind of get by saying, whatever you want to say. People will understand you and they won't be massively offended is the point. Because when we get to the case with Korean here, the issue is from the very beginning, if you don't respect the honorifics in the language and why they are used and what rules dictate when they are used, what conditions dictate the use of these honorific endings, which are spelling changes to the end of the sentence or to the verb, sometimes changing the verb. Uh, if you don't respect these things, you sound either rude or like a child. Right. And so you'll get treated differently right off the bat. Like native Koreans instinctually will look at you differently if you say it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, I, sometimes where 
if I say a single word and I say the right honorific word in the right situation, the Korean people around me don't need to hear anything else. They know I speak at a high level instantly. Like, wow, you speak so well. I've said one word, but I said the right word at the right time. And then they're like super caught off guard because, you know, they wouldn't expect that. Even young children in Korean don't, don't, native Korean children don't speak that way sometimes. So just in case that not all of our audience is, is fully up to speed mm-hmm. on, on what we're talking about with, with respect to these honorifics, mm-hmm. um, I want to take a step back here and just talk about these, the romance languages that we were talking about mm-hmm. too. Okay. So in, and I, I would say it's probably the same for Spanish and in, in my basic understanding of Spanish, yeah. generally the words that are respectful uh, and, the, and the way that respect and, and just general like politeness is controlled by the language is with the you pronouns mm-hmm. in most romance languages. There's a formal slash plural and then there's a singular form. Same. Like it's ustedes, right? In Spanish. Usted for you, yeah. And it's vous in French. Mm. And then you can lower things down to tu if you know the person, mm. right? Mm. So those kind of things are based on respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's something I've heard you say on the on the Motivate Korean YouTube channel before that the Korean system of language, the different te that we use for mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. are not focused on respect, but focused on honor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And so it's much more important than just being respectful. You can get over being disrespected. But if your honor is tarnished, like think about it in a European sense, maybe like a knight. Mm -hmm. If a knight or a lord Mm -hmm. is is not properly addressed by the peasants, Mm -hmm. they'll be upset, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I would make that kind of comparison in in the linguistic rules of Korean here. Yeah. Just on a much more micro scale. So, Jeremy, would you, since you're the the master here and I've been talking for a few minutes. Would you go over like the, the three basic levels of Korean honorifics? Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the master, but um <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll kind of unpack these. I don't know, you're pretty you pretty polite. Uh, yeah, I, I do <laughs> I have tried really hard to get good at speaking politely actually. Yeah. I've been in a lot of situations where I have to talk to adults in serious situations so I've had a lot of practice in that area. Mm. So there's base we can just say there's basically three Uh, levels, modes, I prefer to call them modes. Yeah. And they're like tones in English. So right now, Ian and I are using a certain tone with each other that we wouldn't otherwise if we were talking not on a podcast. Because we know that this is for other people who are listening, we omit certain words, we change the way we say certain things. But if it were just me and Ian, we'd be like, yeah, dude, come on, blah, blah, blah. And we would shorten and speed up what we say and maybe use more loose language. This is like the lowest mode in Korean honorific speech. The next mode, the next mode up is kind of what we're using right now when we're speaking to each other. Uh, the way that you hear us speak right now, this tone where we're kind of being polite and trying to speak clearly and things like that, this is kind of the next level up, which would be yo. We would say it's the yo ending, yo. Um, whereas the other one is kind of the ya ending, Um, and the higher one than that, we would, I call it the nida ending. So it's like han nida, sum nida. So it always ends in nida. And I call this like the group voice. So if say at the end of this podcast, we say, okay, everyone, thank you for listening today. Please, please check out the next episode, blah, blah, blah. When we switch into that tone in Korean, that would be more like a sum nida 
ending. We would switch the ending or switch the spelling of the ending of the sentence in order to indicate that, hey, we're talking to the group now, as opposed to, hey, I'm just talking to Ian right now uh, to differentiate those two. So there's three. There's Dida, which is group voice or especially polite, especially honorific tone. Then there's Yo form, which is medium, or usually between people, one-on-one -on -one communication. And then there's uh, Ya, it's the Ya ending, or it's not always Ya, but uh, it's called Panmar, half speech, which is the lowest, which is just whatever speech is what I call it. Yeah, some people might know those as like Panmar Te or Heyo Te. Mm -hmm. And the top register is, is known as Hamida Te. Mm. So because there are these three different uh, some people call them registers mm -hmm. of speech. Tone yeah. is a great word, too. Mm. Um, as a native English speaker, you know that tone has multiple meanings. Yeah. In our language, they're tones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the issue here is that, um, and, and, and I think the, the basis of what our position is when, when we say that culture is extremely important for learning the language, like from the very beginning, is because we're not children. Mm. Yes. And we're expected to function in society. And an adult has to know these things in order to use the language with other adults. Yes. And if you are learning the simplest form of speech, which is Panmar, and you're speaking in Panmarte, you are going to be unable to interact with other adults as an adult and therefore unable to use the language functionally. It's not that you're unable to. We should just just clarify a little bit. You are able to. They will understand you. But what it feels <laughs> like is like a little slap in the face when you're talking to them. It's like yeah. going up to someone and saying, hi, excuse me, where's the bathroom? It's a little slap on the cheek when you, when you use that form because they're only used to hearing that from people that they know very well. You've also described it as showing your belly button. I think that's another good use. Walking to someone, show your belly button. Hey, look at this. It's not, you don't want to do that in an elevator. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. Especially to some worker, some barista in a coffee shop. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Here's my belly button. Yeah. The reason I say that though is you, we only really do that with, in general, not everyone is comfortable with this. I know it's different for men and women, but like when we go swimming, it, we all end up kind of showing our belly button somehow usually, right? Yeah. So if you, but in that situation where you're that comfortable with people, that if you show your belly button, it's not a big deal. That's the situation you're in. Then uh, that's kind of what pa speaking panmai with someone feels like. Yeah. You don't actually show them your belly button. It's actually more weird in Korean culture to show skin like that. They're very, they cover up a lot, and it's in general not that way. Despite what K-pop may make you think, <laughs> K-pop stars may make you think. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the that's what it feels like. You just feel like it, like you're just so like loose with people. And I really like it. I don't think that we can even have that kind of closeness in a friend relationship in English because we're getting deep on this one, but I hope I can go this far. We can't have that kind of a relationship with an, an English speaker because we always use the pronoun in each other's sentences. So you say, I think this, and then I say, I think this. And we separate each other as two different characters in, the, in this story that is, is manifesting, that is happening right now while we discuss things. And we're separate. So it's, it's very much like ping pong in that sense. You need two players to pay, play ping pong. Whereas uh, Korean is much more like chess. It's a thing that happens on the board in the center of the table. 
And yes, the people are important. They make the moves on the chessboard, but they could get up and go to the bathroom, and anybody can walk by and look at the look at the the board and know the situation of the game. And of course, if they know the game, so speaking Korean is very much like a game in that regard. And these honorifics, which are Korean culture, they're inseparable. Are kind of like the initial rules to the game, just like in chess. The, the horse moves like this, the rook moves like this, the bishop moves like this. You kind of have to know those things even to play the game. You can't just do it your own way. Um, so it's kind of, that's kind of, I think, the point we're making. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, so to get back to the, the, the central question of understanding the culture, mm-hmm. if you're not able, so the way this translates to culture too, is if you're not able to differentiate the social status of someone, mm. And the situation you're in, if you're not able to analyze those things and come up with the with the right you know calculation of which form you're supposed to use, because mm-hmm. there isn't a one size fits all form, it's unfortunately. True. Yeah, you can't just always be super formal because that's also awkward. Yes, and people might not. It's not that they can't understand your words, but they would never expect to hear those things. Mm-hmm. And so when they have to hear them, they're just. I'm sorry, what? Or they laugh. Yeah. Which is discouraging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you walk around saying like, ah, yeah, 제가 다 했습니다. Mm-hmm. To like a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very weird. They'll laugh. Yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, if you're not able to to like parse this information, which is visual, it's also kind of just generally like, if you don't have a, a 눈치, you know, mm-hmm. the ability to read a situation, if you can't analyze this, the 분위기, the mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. of the situation that you're in, you're going to have a big problem Eventually. using. Yeah, that's true. But even as a tourist, you know, you, you'll, if you just come to Korea to visit, mm. if you don't speak properly to the right people, they might not give you the things that you want or you might not be able to navigate things properly or understand words that are coming in and why people are talking to you the way they are. And there's all these little factors that all boil down to you kind of need to understand how people interact with each other socially. So for people who are traveling to and from Korea, or really anywhere in the world, keeping your personal and financial information safe is extremely important. We all know that. Here in Korea, there's an expectation of free Wi-Fi just about everywhere. And scammers can prey on that expectation pretty easily with you know fake Wi-Fi network names and stuff that you connect to thinking it's public and, and it turns out that it's not. And they can steal your information by putting key loggers on your system and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So that is why we use NordVPN wherever we are. It protects you, your personal and your financial information, as well as your internet devices, like I said, no matter where you are. Uh, VPNs are pretty much a basic necessity for expats living in Korea. They're the only way you can access certain banking and government services back home while you're in Korea. So. Um, if you use our coupon code MOKO, M-O-K-O, at nordvpn.com slash MOKO, you can get 70% off a three-year plan plus an extra month free. So that brings the price down to like $3.49 a month. Part of that will also go towards helping us expand this channel and provide you with more content just like this. Thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode of the Motivate Korean Podcast. So let's let's leave people uh, in this episode. Let's leave everybody with 
some actionable information. So if you're in the beginning of your journey, and then we'll briefly explain this. If you're quite a ways along, you'll probably already know some of this stuff. But in general, the honorifics are dictated by age, familiarity, and social position. And the social position isn't like king and peasant necessarily, but it is like, is this person the, the boss at this company or, or restaurant? Is this person older than you? Is this person very unfamiliar to you? Is it a random person you bumped into on the street who dropped their wallet or something and you're giving it to them? Or is it,、uh, and even if it's a child in that situation, if you don't know them, you would still use kind of honorifics to a child because you don't know them at all. So, these, these are the three、right. factors age, closeness, or lack thereof, and、uh, social, social status. So, whether they are high in the hierarchy in some leadership type position or whether they're not.、Um, so, these factors dictate these things. So, that's why using Simnida all the time might not be right. It, yes, it is the highest register, and I've heard a lot of English speakers say, well, I'm just going to learn that one because I, I can't go wrong with that one. But if you talk that way, it's kind of like imagine you're asking someone in a restaurant where the bathroom is, because this is the most common situation, I think. And if you say, it almost sounds like you're talking to everybody in the general area, because it's kind of group <laughs> speech. And the,、right. the listener is like, I know you're talking to me because you're looking at me, but it's so formal. It's almost like you're a, the way like a soldier would talk. Where might the restroom be? Ma'am, where might the restroom be? It's, it's almost like too serious and too formal for that situation. So you would use yo instead. You would say, But if you were to use panmar in that exact situation, it would sound like you're either a child who doesn't know how to use the language properly and they might, they'll laugh when you say it,、mm-hmm. or、uh, it'll sound like you think you're their super good friend and you can just kind of. Throw your arm around their shoulder and be like, hey there, <laughs> so where's the bathroom? Right. And imagine having your arm around someone's shoulder while you say that, that you don't know at all. That's the same level of weirdness, I think, as speaking panmai to someone you don't know in public like that. I think that's also particularly difficult, though. And I think that your explanation is correct. But the problem is that for some people, like me, who are from the middle of the United States, That's how we tend to greet people we don't know true, too. True, true. You know,、Jeez. we're like,、yeah. my buddy, my friend,、yeah. what's up? And、yeah. you, you go over and say hi to people you don't know because I think, I think it's kind of just a, kind of a national thing for Americans to be、mm. very informal with each other as fast as possible. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to add to what you say too、mm. is that it can also sound like you're fighting with someone.、Mm. It want, like you want to fight. Good point. Right? You don't hear people fighting.、Uh, you know, I live in Korea, like I've, I've said before on the podcast. I live in lovely, sunny Busan. And we have, like everywhere in Korea, a horde of taxi driving middle aged men.、Mm-hmm. Occasionally, <laughs> they get into some spats in the street. Yeah. And、uh, over, you know, who got in the taxi line first or whatever they're who, mad about. Who pays for the food sometimes. They fight over who's going to pay for dinner. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I saw that last week. I am not kidding. And、uh, I saw it right outside, actually, right outside my apartment window here.、Um, I was down on the street and、uh, they, they came out. And I see these guys of varying ages, right? Some of them look like they're in their 40s, some of them look like they're in their probably 60s. We're talking dark haired to gray haired, right? We've got some 
we've got some some elder got the spectrum mm-hmm. yeah we got the whole spectrum of male pattern baldness the whole deal right and they they come out and i see one of the younger guys saying Diboraga! whoa right he yells at another whoa. at another guy he, he just he, used me exactly and and the shortest panmar you can ooh yeah that's a biting word when koreans fight they fight in panmar i don't know if i've maybe in a drama where it's like kind of goofy you might see two people fighting in <laughs> like the simida form or something but that's when you're trying not to trying not to Mm, like escalate yeah excuse me sir what did you just say to me it's kind of like that like let me uh, speak to your manager yeah too strong right i I, but i've heard people fight in yo before there was a uh, a bus driver when i was riding the bus and some guy trying to cross the street and i guess the bus driver like moved forward while he was trying to cross the street i don't know but the guy walked up to the window the driver's window from the outside and started speaking panmar to him i didn't hear what he said but I heard the the driver say like, and he was super mad that like yeah. they were spe- he was speaking Panmar to him. And then I heard him say, Don like, do you have money or not? Mm-hmm. You wanna you wanna make this a thing? You want me to sue you? I'm gonna screw you in court, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but I heard him say, Yo, just to throw a wrench in this whole thing because you can't really put human behavior into a box. True. Um, there, there's a there's a guy who's kind of famous in Hyundai. He rides around on a bike uh, around the Hyundai Beach area, and he shouts at people. Mm. But he shouts compliments in the Sumida form. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because if, if you don't speak Korean, you're probably like, who's this guy screaming at everyone? Yeah. But he kind of like rides, like there's this big um, crosswalk between Kunamno and the beach itself. Kunamno is the main strip that's perpendicular to Hyundai Beach where there's all kinds of tourist stuff and it's like where everyone gathers. There's parades there, everything. And there's this big intersection that's a one way to the beach. And there's it's like a it looks like the Shibuya scatter crossing. There's just a ton of people there. Yeah. All times of day. Probably right now, late at night, there there could be like, you know, two hundred people crossing the street right now. Mm. And he's riding his bike. He's an old man. He's got like the, you know, the curved handlebars and a basket and a a bell and the whole deal right <laughs> little little driving cap you know mm, um the buttons you know on the on the on the bill and he <laughs> says you know he he's uh riding his bike says, ah, <laughs> and everyone's like what and he's like and he'll say he'll say stuff like like uh <laughs> and everyone's like yeah he said keep smiling your smile is beautiful keep smiling and he just shouts like these like really pleasant things at at young people and old people and he bumped someone what the first time i saw him he bumped into someone and he 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 said like i'm sorry like i didn't mean to do that in korean and and my girlfriend who i was with at the time she started cracking up she's like why is he shouting nice things at everybody so just yeah. to throw a wrench in the whole thing and give you a funny story, sometimes people, you know, break the mold. But again, understanding the culture and the language made that yeah. an easier situation to uh, to analyze, right? So yeah, yeah, okay. So last example here, and then we'll we'll wrap this one up because since you provided a kind of a wrench in that regard, I'll provide a a long term mistake that I made oh, no. that caused social issues with someone I was close to. 
So I had a, uh, my previous tutor, I had a tutor for two years. She was my tutor for two years, and then she got a job at a company, and they were making some Korean language learning program. And so uh, I ended up getting hired through her. She ha- helped me get connected, and I started working at this company too to help make this Korean learning thing because I'm the one who learned it, and she's the teacher. So we were a good team in that regard. Well, because we initially were, were teacher and student, I was below her in our initial way of speaking. So I should have used more honorifics when talking to her. But because I saw her every day, based on what felt natural to me as an English speaker, when we, get, when we see someone every day and we have lunch with them almost every day, we get so close to them that we drop all that stuff, you know? We, we kind of get really casual with someone and, and it feels nice. It feels nice to be closer to someone like that. And so I started sort of dropping those honorifics and wanted to call her by her name sometimes instead of Sunsegnim, which I originally called her, the word for teacher. And so over time, we were having meetings, just the two of us in a conference room, talking about how we want to do this thing, how should we design it, okay, this, should this go here, should this go there? And I'm trying to say my ideas, and she's, and over time, it started getting on her nerves, and she'd like get pissed at me, and I was like, why are you angry at me right now? And she spoke English pretty well, so we would switch to English to talk about it, and what we realized after some discussion was that I was being rude to her without knowing Mm -hmm. it because I was slowly removing those honorifics. She understood because she's a teacher, but it was bothering her over time. Too much of that consistently is like, I don't need to hear this way. He's not supposed to talk to me this way, and he is. So I learned my lesson, and I tried to adjust it from there. I made a long-term mistake that wore on her over time. I made enough mistakes socially with the honorific system over time that it bothered her. So I wasn't shouting compliments in high form at her necessarily (laughs) after that, but uh, I did have to adjust it. So what we're trying to say here is this is a big, it's a big game. There's a lot of, in the sense that there's a lot of rules and you have to follow the rules. And even natives have situations where they don't quite know how to, Mm -hmm. how to do the honorifics. So um, if you're interested in this and you want to know more about how the honorifics work, I have a video on, on the Motivate Korean YouTube channel. You can just type in Motivate Korean Honorifics on, on YouTube. You'll find it. And uh, may, that one may help. You can leave a comment there if you have follow-up questions. Um, but hopefully this provides some social background uh, to your learning so that when you learn these are, that these are casual and formal, quote-unquote, uh, you'll understand more of what that means because those words do not adequately cover the breadth of meaning behind this whole system. All right, so... To uh, kind of clean up everything, mm-hmm. if we're going to kind of, you know, collect our thoughts one more time and summarize everything for you. Mm-hmm. The reason that you need to understand Korean culture in order to use the language and to learn the language, honestly, as well, to learn the, the initial steps is because unlike a lot of other languages, you can't just jump in and directly translate mm. things you already know how to say from your language into Korean using the words that you've learned in Korean that have the same meaning as your original language. You can't just take things and just say, I want this, please give this. Even if you want to speak in in broken, what, you know, Korean or whatever, you can't do that and be received Mm. the way you want to. Yes. You may, the words may come out of your mouth, but Koreans are not going to hear them or Korean speakers at least are not going to hear them the way you want them to be heard. And so If you want to be able to Mm -hmm. utilize this language, even at a beginner level, you need to take a little bit of time to reflect on, research, pay attention to, and understand 
the basic social structure of Korean speaking environments. Without that information, you're going to be speaking Korean that Korean speakers don't know what to do with. And as a result, you may get reactions that are off-putting enough that it will push you off your chair, so to speak, and you won't want to study anymore, right. which I saw happen a lot. That's part of why I started making the, the Motivate Korean YouTube channel, because I saw this and I was like, you're quitting for silly reasons. If you just knew what, what they're thinking on the other side or why they're reacting that way to you, then you'd obviously stay in the game and keep going and then you'd, you'd be fine. You know, I had a, a friend who'd lived in Korea a few years more than I had, and he had a girlfriend, and he was trying to meet her parents and stuff, and he was trying to learn Korean, but he wasn't getting very far. And in the end, it was because he wasn't using honorifics correctly, and mm -hmm. he was getting weird reactions. And so he got, he clammed up. He got embarrassed and, you know, shied away from studying very hard. So, A lot of the things that get in the way, a lot of the obstacles, the 장애물, that get in the way of mm -hmm. learning I mean, anything, honestly, not just Korean, but especially Korean, mm. <laughs> the language, is, are, are mm. things that mm. you do to yourself. And so setting yourself up for success is the best thing you can constantly be focusing on while you're learning Korean and learning how to learn Korean. Mm. Always be thinking about how to set yourself up for success because no one else is going to do it for you. Well put. I say we end on that. Everyone, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed this <laughs> podcast, please make sure to leave a uh, review for us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, please try to interact with the podcast anywhere you can. It'll help uh, help us out, and we'll be uh, we'll be looking. So maybe we'll be able to give some shout outs uh, to people who uh, give us some give us some love on any of the uh, platforms that we publish this podcast on. If you have questions or, or you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on here, you can email us at podcast at motivatekorean.com and Ian will get back to you in a timely fashion and uh, we, we may be able to use that uh, topic and, and discuss it on here. This is mostly our opinion based on our experience. Keep that in mind. But we feel that we both have a lot of experience in this area so we can speak at uh speak on these kind of topics and at least enough to help out other learners so um, thanks for yeah. thanks for listening everyone all right take care everybody we'll talk to you soon bye